Cody Felger Podcast, a podcast dedicated to talking Colts football. Here is your host, Cody Felger. On with me now, Kent Sterling of KentSterling.com. Kent, how you doing today, man? Hey, good, Cody. How are you? Dude, I'm doing well. So, Kent, now we're in day two of free agency. The Colts have already made a signing, announcing that tomorrow they plan to sign wide receiver Devin Funches. He's only 24 years old. He's a big body, 6'4", 225, uh, formerly of the Carolina Panthers. So, Kent, my question to you is, what do you think that Funches can bring to the Colts receiving core that maybe they've been lacking uh, in the Andrew Luck era? Well, you know what? I mean, as a number two wideout, he's got the big frame, right? He's 6'4". He's not real fast, but he presents matchup problems with opposing small cornerbacks. So that's a good thing in the red zone. If you get the 2017 version uh, of this guy, then you're in really good shape. If you get the 15 or the 16, 15, 16, or 18 version, you know what? Funches really wasn't good during those years and he dropped a lot of balls, particularly in the second half of the 18 season. So it kind of depends on which guy you get. It's a roll of the dice, but it's a one-year roll of the dice, so I like the deal. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, like yes, initially maybe it looks like a, a big deal. I think it's around $10 million. But it's only a one-year, so it's kind of a roll of the dice type deal. Um, Kent, I guess I'm curious um, on your opinion of, you know, we've kind of seen the last couple years the Colts kind of taking maybe not the – top tier guys um, on the market, but getting guys who are fairly young, uh, maybe have not lived up to their potential, whether that be an Eric Ebron uh, or others, uh, and they've kind of tapped into some of that potential. So I'm get, I'm curious, for this year's approach for the Colts, do you think they'll kind of go down that same road? I, I think that they will. I, you know, past his prelude with, uh, or prologue with, with Chris Ballard. He, he tells us exactly what he's going to do. And then he does exactly what he told us he was going to do. He told us and has always told us that he's going to be prudent, that they're going to assign values to guys and they're not going to go beyond those values. They're not going to get in undisciplined bidding wars with teams. They're not going to participate in an auction. You look at the guys that he signed during the first week of free agency during his first two seasons. You're talking about John Simon, Jamal Sheard, Barkevius Mingo, Danico Autry, Ryan Grant, Eric Ebron, Matt Slauson, and Jeff Locke. And the only one that I think you'd go back and unring the bell is maybe with Jeff Locke, but the only reason you'd do that is that they were smart enough to find Rigoberto Sanchez. So I've got no problem. I see a track record of success with Chris Ballard, both in free agency and in the draft, that, you know, fans fans tend to see, like, what the Packers are doing. And they're like, oh, my God, they're going to host a championship parade. They're going to win the, the Super Bowl. Look at what they're doing on the first day of free agency. But we've been down this road. We, we've seen this. In 2015, we saw this, and we saw where it leads, and it leads to nowhere good. It led to the worst roster in the NFL at the end of the 2016 season. And Ryan Grigson's replaced by Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard is not going to repeat the errors of Ryan Grigson, and he's not going to go at this to try to win press conferences or sell season tickets. He's going to wait until it's prudent. He's going to sign guys to fill a need. You don't even know what needs you're going to have until the draft is executed, right? Once the draft comes and goes, you're going to have a pretty good idea of where you've got glaring holes. And at that point, either during camp as guys are cut or toward the end of camp or just prior to camp, you're going to see Ballard get busy and go find guys with whom 
he can win football games and who really invest and are willing to invest in a uh, in a team first culture and that's what this thing's all about right and definitely when you see guys like Landon Collins uh Adrian Amos those guys like that like on paper for sure that seems like a major upgrade and it would be a major upgrade for the Colts defense but it's interesting that you said that um just like Ballard will not go over the price he will not get into a bidding war um and I'm sure I'm truly just kind of amazed sometimes that you know, it seems like Chris Ballard literally every year, I mean, we've seen this, this is the third year he's done this, where he says and explains exactly how he's going to approach free agency. And every year, you know, the national media kind of gets the Colts, they, they link the Colts to about every top free agent out there. And it seems like every year fans kind of get disappointed because they get their hopes up. But I like what you said, though. It's like, I don't, I don't understand why people can't see that, you know, kind of how Ballard's approach has been um, and how it's going to continue to be. It's really like sometimes Twitter's a fun place. Sometimes it's caustic. (laughs) And on a day like this, it's just nutty. You've got Colts fans who are losing their minds because what the Colts are refusing to do is mortgage your future for an uncertain present. It doesn't make any sense to do that. If If you have any kind of acumen for business at all or in investing, like in the stock market, the way that Chris Ballard is behaving is the way that Warren Buffett behaves. That's a pretty good way to behave. Chris Ballard's figured some things out, you know, being in the room with the Chicago Bears, being in the room with the Kansas City Chiefs. He knows what works and what doesn't. He's got his process. He's sticking to the process. We should be thrilled when we see teams sign a guy like Landon Collins to a six-year, $84 million deal. Nobody on day one of free agency is worth the wealth that they extract from their new employer. It just doesn't happen, and anybody who ties this franchise to Le'Veon Bell absolutely doesn't know their ass from third base and doesn't know how this place operates. This, there is no room at the end. There is no locker in that locker room for Le'Veon Bell because he's a guy who puts himself ahead of the team, and that doesn't work in Indianapolis. Right, absolutely. And I don't know, I'm also kind of amazed at how we can tend to forget so easily how great of a draft last year Chris Ballard had. I mean, and and including guys like Tyquan Lewis, who didn't really play all that much, um, and Deion Cain being in there as well. Like, this could be even a better draft class than we could have imagined. And I'm I'm just kind of amazed sometimes, you know, it's like, what does Chris Ballard have to do? I mean, he drafted you two all-pros. What do you need, like, all the draft picks to be all-pros? But I don't know. It just seems like people will never be happy, but... Yeah, I guess I'm curious as well, um, talking back, going back to some of those free agents uh, that Ballard has signed, um, I don't know how much you've looked into the free agent market as it stands right now, but are there any players that you think would be potential good fits with the Colts who could be kind of like that Danico Watry, Eric Ebron signing from last year? That, I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, I thought that Funchess was a good guy. Among, the, among those wide receivers, I thought that Funchess was kind of the guy who uh, sort of checked the most boxes if you get the good version of that guy. And I think that, you know, we saw last year Eric Ebron build a reputation of being kind of a drops guy in Detroit, came here, and he dropped some balls, but he held on to most of them and didn't have a whole lot of drops. This is a guy who's going to come in, and and I think he's going to benefit from Andrew Luck and the way he throws it around and the accuracy with which he delivers the football. And so I think you've got a pretty good chance – of having a guy like Funches be a little bit like Dontrell Inman last year, who I thought was a great get 
for the Colts. And it's only going to cost you between 10 and 13 million. I, I think that's terrific. I think that Ballard is going to sit back and he's going to wait and he's going to wait for the prices to moderate. And at that point, he's going to see who's available and see who might be worth the investment and go get the guy. Other than that, he'll wait for the draft, take his nine picks, two in the second, two in the fourth. And and then he's going to have an idea of what his what his roster looks like and really where he needs to, to kind of beat the bushes a little bit and go find somebody to plug a hole and strong safety might be one of those spots. But we've seen that. You can go get a guy like that. We got Mike Adams back in the day in, in you know, deep into the offseason. You can find strong safeties. It's silly to overpay for those guys. I love Landon Collins as a player. I wish that the Colts had taken him at 29 instead of Philip Dorsett. Mm-hmm. They didn't. And now somebody's willing to overpay. That doesn't mean that the Colts got fleeced. That means that the Colts refused to mortgage you know, their future for an uncertain present. And I dig it. I, I think that Ballard is really, really smart. And the people who question him as though he's Grigson Jr. just don't understand football and don't understand management. Right. And kind of talking about how pe- some people think that you know Chris Ballard is resembling Kind of crazy, but they think he's kind of resembling Ryan Grixon. I saw a tweet, I don't know if you saw it, from Mike Chappell. I think it was yesterday. Um, basically looking at the guaranteed contracts in free agency, the most given out uh, to free agents by the Colts since 2012. Uh, I think he gave nine of the nine players on here, and two of them, would you believe it, are Chris Ballard. The rest of the seven others <laughs> are uh, Ryan Grixon wow. picks. And it's kind of interesting because it's Jabal Sheard at 9.5, and then Jonathan Hankins, he was at $10 million, And those guys are near the bottom of the list um, in terms of guaranteed money. So I definitely agree, Kent. I think that definitely, you know, Ballard is very prudent in what, what he does. He's very disciplined. Um, and I think that he's not going to overpay for a player uh, despite maybe a position of need like strong safety, like you said. Because in reality, I mean, the safety market is very deep. I mean, there's still plenty of good players available uh, for Ballard and company, and they could get them for a lot cheaper. Uh, moving on to kind of talking about free agency a little bit and then maybe for the, you know, towards the draft a little bit, I'm curious. Um, and I know I've heard from different people. What, what are your positions of need that you think the Colts should and probably will fill in free agency compared to the draft? You know, that's a great question. And, and what I would hope that they go find a way to go get is a quarterback, but the quarterback market is terrible. Pierre Desir is ranked as the second best available quarterback. And, and I mean, if you look, and I love Pierre Desir, but you look at the way he played against the Chiefs, and he got beat a lot. That, that didn't work out for, for the Colts, Pierre Desir at, at cornerback. And I think they need an upgrade there. And Kenny Moore is a really good slot guy. I think Quin, Quincy Wilson has a chance to kind of come into his own, but I think they need at least one more corner. I think they could use... In the draft, they could use a wide receiver, maybe, depending on how Deion Kane is rehabbing. I think that they really thought that Deion Kane was going to be a dynamic guy in year one. Hopefully the ACL has healed, and in year two he can get it done. What I'd like to see him go do, and I, I know you don't want to throw long money at the guy, but now that Collins is off the table, go sign Clayton Gathers, because I'm telling you, if you look at Clayton Gathers' play when he was healthy last year as a box safety and you look at Landon Collins play as a box safety for the New York Giants and and you block out the horseshoe and you block out the Giants logo 
and you take away the numbers and you don't know which guy's which, you're going to have a tough time telling Gethers from Collins. And that's just the way it is, and that's the way it is with box safeties. Clayton Gathers is a really good professional football player if he can stay healthy. You know, signing him to a, like a one-year, $3 million deal, I, I think that's perfectly reasonable. And and if he's healthy again, then that fills, uh, fills a hole in a really, really nice way. And you're saving, what, if he's $3 million, you're saving $11 million over what Collins is going to get in, in year one, not including the signing bonus. And you, you're not on the hook for another five years to the guy. Uh, I think that that's the kind of management that just makes sense. And, and that's what we see relentlessly from Chris Ballard. Yeah, and also bringing back Matthias Farley is definitely good insurance. Yeah. Um, and then also George Odom, you had a, I think I had a pretty good rookie season, all things considered. Um, so really right there, if they bring back Gathers, I mean, they got four pretty good safeties that you feel pretty good about. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have right now, Kent. Um, so I really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, My pleasure. I love talking free agency, and we'll definitely have to see if the Colts are more active here in the next coming days uh, or the coming weeks. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting stuff, man. I, I always love this time of year because it's kind of like I'm doing, trying to do my work, but I'm also trying to, you know, I'm always have NFL Network on on my computer and stuff and just trying to keep track of all the crazy free agency moves. Um, and it's kind of interesting also to just kind of see, like, some of the crazy deals. Like, yeah. the Nick Foles of the Jacksonville, $88 million. Like, some of these deals that are just crazy, like the Packers just going crazy. And then just seeing Chris Ballard sitting back there methodically, it just kind of brings a smile to my face, man. So It's so nice to see everybody else losing their minds, going nuts. The people down in Jacksonville, really over the moon, happy that they're spending $22 million a year for a backup quarterback. And we got a guy here who's slow playing his hand, willing to sit at the table for 36 hours as long as he comes out with all the chips. And that's what Ballard does. He fleeces the other 31 teams, and it's fun to watch. <laughs> Absolutely. I just have to say I'm glad Chris Ballard does not listen to those folks on Twitter. Hey, thanks, Ken. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> it, man. Thanks, Cody. All right. Have a good night, man. You too. Thanks.